could you still consider a pre-approval denial as a micro win? Absolutely. 100% why? Well, because you're going to know what your next steps need to be, right? Exactly. And you would have never known that. You would have just sat in limbo for the rest of your life and never really knowing, could I have even done real estate? But now that you know that you can't do it in this moment, like what are the things that you need to do to be prepared? What would your life look like if you could replace all of your working income with simple and conservative investments that could do it for you? Over the last 13 years, we've helped thousands of clients transact over half a billion dollars in simple and conservative real estate transactions, allowing them to begin replacing their work income with real estate investment income. Each week, we'll be pulling back the curtain on the ins and outs of real-time retirement-based real estate transactions that will transform your financial future, even if you have no real estate experience. This is Replace Your Income with me, Kevin Clayson. And Steve Earle. All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Replace Your Income with Kevin and... Steve. Hey, we're doing something special today, Steve. Oh, well, okay. Uh, you may not have noticed, but there's a large ring light to your right, to my left. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there are phones recording everything we do, video recording everything we do. This is pretty special. This is pretty special. It's because our amazing social media manager and a very good personal friend of mine, Tisa, is in the house and she's getting all kinds of stuff for social media. So listen, folks, not only are you hearing this episode, on Apple or on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, but you may also be seeing it on a little tiny screen held in your hand very soon. Isn't that exciting? That's awesome. That's cool. I I wish whenever I do any video stuff, Steve, it just always reminds me, I really wish I was better looking. I really do. (laughs) I do. Uh, Uh, Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you were better looking too. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I have to look at you. Well, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Things are going good. Awesome. Well, this will be this will be a fun episode. You know, we're we're trying. You know, you guys know Steve and I are busy, and so sometimes we struggle to get out consistent content. But we're doing like two or three episodes today, which is great. And we're recording this not long after the Super Bowl, which is actually part of what I want to talk about today because we were thinking about. You know, we're always trying to bring good topics. By the way, can I just make another call to action for anybody listening? If there is something that you would like to hear about on the podcast, would you shoot me an email, kevin at dfy-realestate.com. Just shoot me an email and say, hey, I'd love for you guys to cover this because there's so many things that we can cover. We always pick things that we feel like are germane and that are important to kind of what's happening in the economy right now, what's happening for your portfolio. But um, if there's stuff you want to hear about, like if you want us to go, you know, do a deep dive on charcuterie boards. Like we're open to that, right? <laughs> are you open to that, Steve? I'm open to we- having a charcuterie board. <laughs> Those are my okay. favorite thing of all time. Yes, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. I love the idea that we just make food small and put it on wood, and it somehow transforms the experience. Yes, into much more <laughs> deliciousness. And so I just like to say the word charcuterie. Am I even saying that right? I don't even know. I I think so. I always, I can't even say the word. (laughs) Anyway, but we, so if you have thoughts on what you'd like to hear on the podcast, feel free to hit us up. Shoot me an email, kevin at dfy-realestate.com. There's so many things we can't talk about. We want to be talking about the stuff that you guys want to hear. And today we're going to be talking about a concept that we've touched on it in the past. But it is becoming something that has solidified more and more for Steve and I. It's another one of those things where we're going, holy cow, 
Just like when we discovered the Moneyball mindset and we're like, okay, the way that we view real estate, the way that we view the ability to generate wealth and replace income with real estate is through this prism or this perspective of Moneyball, right? Of going and hitting singles. Well, the other thing that's really become extremely important to us and that we've noticed more and more is instrumental to the success of our clients, is instrumental to the success of our personal real estate, of the company, is the idea of micro wins. Now, micro wins have kind of an interesting concept. You know, for years, we the, the philosophy has been set big goals, shoot for big goals. And, and listen, I, I don't wanna ruffle too many feathers, Steve, because this may even ruffle your feathers, but I've always kind of taken the approach that goals are kind of stupid. Now, here's the deal. Let me explain what I mean, because I just had this justified in some way by a great football player, and I will, I'm gonna backpedal. I'm not gonna say goals are stupid. I think the goals, they do matter, but I think that it's all about the context of the goal and what you're trying to accomplish and what it means. And so I've been thinking a lot about, we've been thinking as we're working on the book, we're thinking a lot about micro wins. We're thinking a lot about this idea of of goals. And we did an episode on, should we be focusing on the scoreboard? I mean, all of these ideas are coming together. So it was Super Bowl Sunday this last week. And uh, that's when we're recording this. And I always listen to one of the podcasts I listen to is a sports podcast. It's called 49ers Talk. And it, it's uh, there's a couple of, of NBC correspondents that have been journalists. One guy has been a journalist covering the 49ers for like two decades. And he always gets all these really cool interviews with these 49ers. And there is a 49er who had an incredible career who could even be potentially in the MVP conversation, except MVPs always go to quarterbacks. But This guy's name is Debo Samuel. Debo's actually a nickname, but that's what he goes by, Debo Samuel. He's on the San Francisco 49ers. He started the season and continues to be a wide receiver. But partway through the year, they started to put Debo Samuel in the backfield, and he started to run running plays, right? And he had almost as successful of a year as a running back as he had as a wide receiver. For the competing defense, they never knew where he was going to line up. How do you game plan for a guy that's either going to be a wide receiver or a running back and play neither of those roles in a traditional sense, right? It was awesome. So Debo Samuel had this amazing season. He's talking to Matt Mayoko on this 49ers Talk podcast. And Matt, being the great journalist that he is, the great sports journalist he is, he asked Debo, he says, Debo, what kind of goals do you set for yourself every season? And uh, Steve, Debo's response kind of surprised me. What do you think, just knowing about football players, And knowing the way that they try to achieve results, what do you think his response was for what kind of goals he sets as a wide receiver in the NFL? I mean, I don't know what his response was, but I would kind of guess that he'd be like, "Ah, I want to be able to bench press 800 pounds. I want to be able to run a really fast 40. I want to be able to catch so many passes and all these, you know, some things that are specific to his role. Yeah, like I, I thought for sure he'd be like, oh, receiving yards or oh, touchdown scored or whatever. He said none of those things. You want to know what he said? This was so, I don't think I've ever heard a professional athlete respond in this way. The question was, what goals do you set for yourself? And here was his response. I don't set goals. Okay, dude, that kind of shook me because I'm like, you, I automatically assume that, that NFL superstars or any sports superstar for that matter would be setting goals on a regular and a consistent 
basis. And he said, I don't set goals. And it kind of took the host by surprise. And the host was like, wait, you, you, you what now? You don't set goals. And here's what Debo Samuel said that was so interesting. He's like, no, I don't set goals. He said, I only ever live in the moment. And I give, if there's a goal to be set, I give 110% in the very moment that I'm given to be able to give that amount. So the goal wasn't like this lofty amount of yards or amount of touchdowns. It was when he stepped to the line for any given play, whether he was going to be pass blocking or run blocking or whether he was running a route or whether he was going to be doing a running play, his goal, if that's even what you want to call it, was to give it everything in that moment, no regrets, right? Carpe diem to the fullest. And I thought, what an interesting approach. And what Debo said is he said, you know, when I set goals, then what? If I, if I set a goal to get 1,000 yards receiving or even rushing, well, once I get 1,000, well, then what? I mean, what, I achieved it, so I give myself a pat on the back. And I thought it was kind of interesting because, look, we know there's goals like winning the Super Bowl, right? We have goals in our real estate portfolio. We have goals as parents. We have goals as business owners. But I thought that really what Debo Samuel was talking about was the concept of living in the present and achieving micro wins or little, small wins that may not mean a lot in in a grander perspective, but when they all add up together over an extended period of time, you achieve potentially significantly more than if you just got a goal and you shot for the goal and then you arrived at the goal and then you said, what next? If you were to give it all and you were to do everything in your power, even in small, relatively small bursts or small sequences, and you, you would, the question is, would you potentially achieve more if you gave it all and approached it with the concept and the mentality of micro wins that create fulfillment versus just setting long-term goals. And I thought we ought to have that discussion about real estate, about life, because that's a really interesting principle to me. Well, and it's a principle that we've been talking about for a long time. And I think that that's why it kind of really resonated with you when you, you know, listen to this, this uh, previous podcast uh, on Sunday. And we've just been giving a lot of thought. In fact, it's 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 a part of uh, the book that we're writing. It's a you know it's included in in some of the chapters. And so I totally get why you kind of you know focused on that. And I love the concept. You know, even from the football perspective, of it's not necessarily about winning the Super Bowl. It's about we need one more yard to get a first down, and getting that that one more yard so we get a first down is going to get us you know one more yard closer to yeah. winning. The Super Bowl. What if and, it's and, fourth and, and, and guess what? And in fourth and inches yeah. or a fourth and in, in a yard. And what's the celebration like on the field when those guys get that one yes. yard? It's a massive celebration, totally right? Is. Fist pumps and yep. and you know, body signs, the whole thing. It's like it's such a big deal to get that one yard. And why? And it's the same thing as we relate this to real estate. It's like, gosh, we talk about kind of the micro wins. It's like, it's like, hey, you know, I'm just getting started in this whole game. And maybe the first thing that you do is it's just learning something that allows you to take the next step and maybe taking that next step, which was getting your credit in order or increasing uh, your revenue or whatever the case may be, getting your, your credit score up to a 720 so you could get a better interest rate. There are an endless number of things that as real estate investors that we can and should be working on that are literally those micro wins and we've got, and, and I think one of the keys, and I think that this is what you bring out so well, Kevin, in your conversation about micro wins is we've got to celebrate them. Yeah. We've got to celebrate that little step forward like the NFL team does when they get that, that first down. Totally. Okay, so I know you and I've talked about it, but I can't remember if we've talked about 
Rudy Rudiger on the podcast yet? Have we talked about it on the podcast? So Rudy from the movie Rudy, right? I've met the guy a couple times and he's a speaker. He's, he's a great speaker. But what's interesting is I, I was listening to him speak one time. And so for those of you out there, if you've not seen the movie Rudy, go watch it this weekend, right? It's like the ultimate underdog story. It's this little guy, you know, grows up in a large Catholic family and his dream is to go and play football at the University of Notre Dame, right? That's what Rudy wants. Rudy is actually not his real first name. His last name is Rudiger. I think his real first name is Daniel, but Rudiger is his last name. So he'd always go, he goes by Rudy Rudiger. People would call him Rudy. And, and the movies with, uh, is, is about Rudy and the guy uh, who played uh, Samwise Gamgee in The Hobbit. I mean, in the Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings. Rings is the guy who plays Rudy. But fun fact, that's also Mikey from The Goonies, which is another one of my that's right. <laughs> favorite movies ever. So he plays Rudy in this movie. And, and it's a story of, of this guy, this ultimate underdog, who's barely, he's dyslexic, barely smart enough to go to college, but he has this relentless goal of going and playing for the University of Notre Dame, okay? And so you watch the movie, and Rudy is doing everything in his power to go to community college to get grades to transfer to University of Notre Dame, finally get accepted to Notre Dame. Then he, he can't, you know, he's not big enough or talented enough to play football on Notre Dame, but you just watch all of the stuff that he does, and he puts himself in a position to not only play and actually get to the practice squad of Notre Dame, but his goal was to play football, like real football, like in a game to put on the gold pants and helmet and play football for the University of Notre Dame. Well, um, spoiler alert, uh, he's able to achieve the goal maybe in an uncharacteristic way. And that movie has inspired millions and millions of people. I have on good authority that it was Kobe Bryant's favorite movie, okay? I know that that Sylvester Stallone, who wrote another ultimate underdog story, Sylvester Stallone talked to Rudy Rudiger in real life and said, your movie inspired me. But here's what's interesting is Rudy will tell you himself. He'll go on stage and he'll say, this whole movie, this whole career, all of this inspiration, everything that came from it, all he ever did is made one tackle. He gets on the field, the last play in an expiring game. He wasn't even supposed to be on the field. But because his teammates loved him so much and respected him, he gets out there and he's able to make a play. One tackle, which means he goes on the records forever as a Notre Dame player. And what is so interesting about that is if you've seen the movie and if you know the story of Rudy, you go, holy cow, so inspirational. What was so inspiring about it? Look, he didn't win a Super Bowl. He wasn't the all-time, you know, he was not Tom Brady, right? He's not the GOAT. He made one stinking tackle. But the way that they celebrate him, the way that he celebrates that tiny little experience is everything. That's where the inspiration comes. It comes from a lot of work, but then it's really just a moment and this little micro win, and that can mean absolutely everything. You know, I had an experience recently where the home that Milan and I moved into, it's grown quite a bit in equity. And so I was like, okay, it's time to go and access some of that equity so that I can go and invest in real estate. Just the conversation to go get approved for a HELOC was a huge micro win, right? I haven't put a property under contract yet. I haven't gone and bought multiple properties with the equity, but just the conversation of saying, I'm gonna get off the bench and here it is. I'm ready to talk about taking a small step towards my next real estate investment, I came away from that conversation and going through that process going like, holy cow, this is awesome. 
And that little celebration of a micro win fulfills you in such a way that it perpetuates the right kind of action. And I think that's, like you said, a big key to this whole concept of micro wins. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head and it's this concept of of these small steps and moving forward and in real estate, like in life in general, I mean, that is the key and we need to learn to celebrate those. So so here's what happened with my son. So this weekend, so my son, my 10-year-old, he plays basketball or he's on a basketball team. And uh, it's, you know, look, I, my kid is awesome. He's not the most athletic kid in the world, right? And and he's never gonna, there's a kid that's on his team right now who, who's 10 and he's shooting and making three-pointers, okay? I mean, Braxton could barely get the ball to the rim from the free throw line, right? So uh, in the game, Braxton gets in the game and we've been working on some things with Braxton where he's not gonna be a shooter. He's not gonna go score 20. He's not gonna go and get those kinds of accolades. But here's what Braxton can do well. He can play defense. He knows how to pester. And I told him after one of his early games, in the year, he was feeling super down and super dejected. Now, here's why this story is important. He gets out there. He gets off the bench. He gets in the game. He does not have the success that he thinks is the true measurement of success when it comes to basketball because a lot of people think it's bombing threes or it's making points or whatever, right? That, that That's the glory stuff. He did not have that experience. He threw the ball away once. He got the ball stolen. But what he didn't see, but what I did, is the best player on the other team was unable to get a shot off when Braxton played defense on him. And after the game, Braxton, what he looked so defeated, and I could just, his whole countenance just sunk after this game. And I was like, buddy, what's going on? And he's like, I'm just not good at basketball. And I said, hey, I was like, you may not be good at basketball the way some of the other kids on the court are, But did you notice that you remember that guy when you weren't on the court and he kept making all those shots? Did you notice that when you went on the court and you played defense on him, he didn't make any shots? And he's like, I guess. And I said, yeah, you helped win that game. And it's not in a way that the stat sheet's ever going to show. It's not in a way that anybody's going to go on social media and say, oh, look at the relatively good defense a kid played on another kid. Like, you're not going to go see that. But then I told him, I said, there are players in the NBA, Rudy Gobert on the Utah Jazz, Dennis Rodman, right, who was known for his defense. That guy wasn't known for his offense. People who have made careers over defense. And then we got to go to a Jazz game. And, And when we went to the Jazz game, I pointed out a couple people on the floor and I said, Brax, I want you to watch what they do when they're not on the ball or watch how they play defense. And then this last game, so it's been this evolution. And then this last game, okay, he goes on the court and he's not thinking offense. He's not thinking about dribbling, although we worked on some dribbling stuff too because he'd got the ball stolen. And let me tell you why this was the best game he ever played this last week. The kid he ended up taking on, he ended up playing defense on a kid who was making a lot of shots before Brax was on the court. The kid tried to get one shot off against Braxton, and he totally biffed it. Braxton blocked one of his shots. Braxton got into a passing lane to make sure that this kid couldn't get the ball. And then Braxton got to dribble the ball three times. Only one of those times was the ball stolen, right? But the other two, it wasn't. And I, afterwards, I was like, Brax, and Braxton even got, he hustled back. After he got the ball stolen, he hustled back and got a rebound. And I said, buddy, that was the best game you've played. And he didn't question it. 
He knew it because all it was was a series of little seemingly insignificant micro wins. And every time he was on the court and he would do something like get in a passing lane or prevent the guy's shot, he would look over at me. You know how we do that? We used to look to our parents for that approval, right? It was kind of funny. A couple weeks ago during a game, he did some, he didn't do something. He just, there was a missed opportunity and he looked over at me and after the game, and his countenance changed and after the game, I was like, buddy, what happened during the game? He's like, I looked over and saw that face that you make when you're like really disappointed in me. I was like, no, <laughs> it was it was the game. It wasn't you. But he didn't get that this last week. He got a face of, yes, good job. And we celebrated those micro wins, Steve, those little things that were insignificant. And it contributed to them winning the game. But more importantly, it contributed to Braxton doing the following. When we went home from that game, he said, dad, can we play ball in the driveway? And I said, you bet we can. Because that one week when he was dejected, he didn't want to play basketball after. And what a great example that if you focus on a micro win and you celebrate the micro win, it may not be the, the, the big time goal that everybody expects you to go get, but he celebrated those micro wins. And in that celebration, he felt a level of fulfillment that perpetuated the right activity. And when it comes to real estate, Boy, is that critical. Listen, if you collect one nickel in cash flow, what if you celebrate that instead of going, there's so many people out there buying real estate that are going negative every single month. What if you celebrate your nickel of cash flow? That's a micro win and that creates fulfillment, which perpetuates the right behavior. Yep. I love it, Kev. This concept of micro wins, in effect, you know, micro wins to millions, right? It's the, the idea that every step that we take in real estate will get us one step closer to our ultimate goal of, re- of replacing our income. Is it bad that now I want to sing the police? Every step. You- <laughs> can, can we do that? Should we do a duet? Uh, we could yeah, do a yeah. duet. We could also do the Puff Daddy version, the remix. I can do the rap. Should we do that? <laughs> the, the, the silence is deafening. Yeah. Um, okay, so Steve, let's talk about some of the other micro wins that people could be considering as you guys, if you're looking at your real estate, okay, let's go all the way back to even before you've transacted real estate. What are some of the micro wins we can celebrate along the way that can give fulfillment and perpetuate the right behavior? That leads, so it's micro wins to millions, that that compounds over time, that leads you to income replacement or where you want to go. Steve, Kevin, take I think, us through. I think the very first one is just simply, you know, having a desire to, you know, better your financial situation, taking a look at the future, right? Having a desire. You said this is so critical. Guys, if you're listening, by you having a desire, by buying a book, by going online and doing research, by listening to this podcast, by talking to us at Done For You Real Estate or somebody else who's done real estate, just that desire should be worth celebration. Absolutely. So just making, you know, having that desire and then making a decision to, you know, to take some action, like you said, listen to a podcast or do some research online or talk to a friend, or maybe you see somebody that you know has been doing real estate and you take them out for lunch and it's like, hey, I just want to like, I want to learn. I want to understand like what you've done. Like, how have you done what you've done? Because the way that, successful people become successful is typically they're just mirroring other successful people and doing the same things that they do. And that's all we're doing, Kevin, is we're just sharing and disseminating information about how to be successful in real estate. And so that's one of the the steps and one of the micro wins that, uh, that people 
steps that people can take. So once you've kind of taken those initial just kind of beginnings of seeing what this world looks like and what things you would need to do to prepare to get into real estate, massive, massive micro wins, yeah, right? It is, yeah. Because it begins with that. And then it's the taking action, right? You have that conversation. You go talk with the mortgage lender. You talk with the property management company. You talk with the real estate agent. And you just start learning and you start figuring out what are some of the things that, that you might do. You maybe you have a conversation with with our team, right? You talk to a, you know, one of the onboarding people here, and they kind of lay out the steps for you. Like that's the first thing that that's you're going to do. And then you know, in the actual steps of doing real estate, your very next step is finding out. Okay, what can I do? What can I qualify for? So the next step is going through the pre-approval process. Simply uploading the documents, you know, getting associated with the lender and getting not just pre-qualified but pre-approved, like literally full doc. So that you know, so that they know, this is exactly what I can do. And then it goes from there. Once you know what you can do, then you're going to talk to somebody who can show you the markets and help you understand, like, where would I buy? Where do I want to buy? Like, what what type of a property do I want to buy? One of the things I think is important is like, what if you go through and you get pre-approved, but you don't get pre-approved, you get denied? Could you still consider a pre-approval denial as a micro win? Absolutely. 100% Why? Well, because you're going to know what your next steps need to be, right? Exactly. And you would have never known that. You would have just sat in limbo for the rest of your life and never really knowing, could I have even done real estate? But now that you know that you can't do it in this moment, like what are the things that you need to do to be prepared? And it might just be a, some simple little things. Maybe you've got like a little credit card you need to pay off. Maybe you need to build your credit a little bit. So you need to go get a credit card right. or, or like start building some of that that credit too, to buy real estate. Or maybe you have all those things, but you just don't have the down payment. Well, you could start saving or there's other steps that you could take. You could partner with somebody. So you go out and you take the steps to find someone who could partner with you. I've been thinking about this quite a bit, Kevin. Like I drive, you know, through downtown. I look at these massive skyscrapers. In fact, I was in New York not too long ago and there's all of these massive buildings. And I'm like, these are all like, like conceptually, somebody had to like have the idea. They had to get an architect. They drew the plans, did all these things. At the end of the day, typically there's not one individual who has enough money to like build a skyscraper, yeah. right? And so the question is, how do they do it? Well, they partner. You look at somebody like even, a, you know, you know, the probably one of the most well-known commercial investors on the planet, Donald Trump. It's like- Wait, who's that? I've not heard of him. Yeah, the, this guy, he's, you know- he's, Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And, and he's in a lot of real estate, but he maybe uses- only some of his money, some of the time, he's typically partnering with other groups, individuals, corporations to build these massive projects. And here's the reality. Like, we're not going to go out, right, Kevin? We're not. One of the reasons why we focus on single family residences is because it allows the regular person to get involved in real estate. And sometimes just a single family home can feel like, how am I ever going to be able to do this? This is, it might as well be a skyscraper. Yeah. How am I ever going to save $80,000 for, you know, my total out of pocket to get into a property? Well, if you have the credit and you've got some of the, you, you bring to the table, the resources that you have available, oftentimes I dare say a hundred percent of the time you can find somebody willing to partner with you. And your first deal can be just that. I'll give you a quick example. There's an individual who actually works for our company. And she didn't have the ability to buy real estate on her own. She didn't have down payment money. In fact, I remember her coming to me and she's pretty distraught about it. It's like, you know, this is how old I am. And I don't know. I don't have any retirement. I'm single now. And I just don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get there. 
Anyway, she ended up partnering with us as a company. We brought to the table the management skills and the down payment money, and she brought the credit. And we're like three, three and a half years into this. And she was able to do three properties with us as a company. And we recently just reviewed her portfolio. And well, I reviewed our portfolio and I gave her a call and I said, I said, hey, look, this is what these three, our three properties have done in the last three years. And because of what's happened in the market, we've kind of been able to expedite things. I said, do you realize that your 20% ownership in these properties is now worth X dollars? <laughs> like she literally squealed over the phone. <laughs> like awesome. she was so excited. <gasps> and then awesome. we helped understand, it's like, we're going to take this money. We're going to do some cash out refis, which you can do. And we actually can add two more properties to the portfolio. And she is so excited. In fact, she said, you know what? I've saved, you know, a few more dollars. Could I put some of my own money? So Kev, bottom line, the first three properties, like the next three that we buy, she's going to have a higher percentage ownership than she did when she started. And on the two new properties that we get, she's going to be a 50% owner on these and five properties. It's like all of a sudden, Kevin, in the space of three years, her financial life, like absolutely positively, totally and completely changed. Yep. And her outlook, her perspective on her future is so dramatically different than it was just three years ago when she didn't have two nickels to rub together, but she had some credit yep. because she'd always been very careful and had had the ability to be, that's the resource that she brought to the table yep. and her whole entire financial future in life has completely changed. And it's so exciting to see that and to experience somebody who's gone from that situation to this situation. It's like, what's she going to do in the next five years? Like in the next 10 years, like, you know, by the time she's ready to retire in 10, 15 years, she's going to be in a very strong position. This is so important though, because look at the micro wins, right? So often people think I'm not a real investor if I'm not a hundred percent into it, right? But look, every investor out there, you're partnering with your credit score. You're partnering with the bank. You may be partnering with another human. You're partnering with a real estate agent that's helping you to find, there's a partnership aspect to everything that gets done. And just because you're not the one putting in all the money and all the credit, but here's the point, right? If I go, oh no, I don't have the ability to buy real estate on my own. And we just go, okay, I'm never gonna get there. I'm never gonna do it. But if all of a sudden I realize that I've got credit and I can leverage my credit and I could partner that up with somebody else, that is worthy of celebration. Traditionally, maybe it doesn't feel like it, right? But that is so critical that now, kind of like Debo Samuel, you're living in that moment, you're selling, you're giving what you have to give in that moment, and you're doing it to the greatest degree that you can. And if you can celebrate that micro win, what it yields, what it rolls into, what it can become is so much more than just that single isolated event. And I think when it comes to real estate, you guys, everybody out there needs to realize that. You absolutely, I used to say this all the time, is that everybody has the ability to do real estate. You just need potentially somebody to show you what the next step is. And that next step, it may not be getting a property. It may be paying off a small debt. It may be getting your credit score up 10 points. It may be saving a little bit of money. It may be, who knows what it is, but it can all start somewhere. But the point is, if you don't start with a micro win and you don't celebrate that micro win, and if you don't experience the fulfillment that comes from celebrating that micro win, it may not perpetuate the right behavior that leads to the ultimate fulfillment of what you're trying to get to and what you're trying to achieve. 
So whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whether it's real estate, whether it's simply making a shift in your financial life, whatever that looks like, if you can start to see the world through the lens of micro wins and micro wins that lead to fulfillment and micro wins that lead to fulfillment and that fulfillment then perpetuating the additional good behavior that leads to more and better, if you can start to do that, it will make a massive shift. It will be a earth-shattering shift for you, but it means that you pull it all the way back and you focus on the next best and you do that thing and you celebrate that thing and you let that perpetuate what comes after that. So the goal of this podcast today, the goal that we want you to come away realizing and understanding is that stop beating yourself up for not being a millionaire. Stop beating yourself up for not having more real estate. And listen, if you're out there right now and you're going, I've been beating myself up for the last two years because I've been listening to the podcast and I know we need to do real estate, but I haven't done it. Stop beating yourself up. Celebrate the fact that you jumped on this episode today, that you downloaded it, that you listened to it, and then now there's a little urge inside of you to reach out to us maybe for the first time after all this time in order to do something, whatever it is. Celebrate that win. Allow that victory to perpetuate the next set of actions and watch how micro wins can lead to millions over time because it can, but it's gonna be one little thing at a time, one little bit at a time, one little property at a time, one little micro win at a time. So any last words on this episode, Steve? I don't think so. Go ahead, bring it home. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Remember to go celebrate your micro wins and watch the fulfillment that you're able to obtain by simply focusing on and celebrating those micro wins as they come, it will lead to something extraordinary for you. So with that, we'll sign off for now and we'll talk to you real soon. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on Replace Your Income with Kevin and Steve. Do you wanna learn more about our company, Done For You Real Estate, and to see if you qualify right now, today, to begin replacing your income with simple and conservative real estate investing done for you? visit dfy-intro.com. Click the orange button, watch our super quick webinar, and fill out the little form on the right side of the page. You'll know within 60 seconds if you qualify to begin replacing your income right away. As always, please rate, review, and share the podcast with friends and family. And until next time, just remember, income replacement for you and your family may only be one property away. See you next week.